Well, um, let's just pray, pray together before we open because we're going to dive into something that's pretty crazy, hard to understand, but I'm hoping that you guys grasp it. Because I know when you do, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be blown away. Seriously. And so, Lord, we come to you. Jesus, our King, Lord, Creator of the universe, would you come and meet with us in this room? We want to be blessed by you, Lord. We want to minister unto you to the best that we can with our ears by listening to you, Lord. And praise your name on high through the worship as we've already done, Lord. And fellowship together, Lord, loving one another as you delight in that. And breaking of bread, Lord, remembering everything that you've done for us so what we've not forgotten, Lord. So we've not got caught up in our own selves and our own weak and forgotten what you've done for us, Jesus. We will remember you tonight. And so please, my King, Meet with us here. I need you to speak. I need you to give wisdom and understanding and knowledge. I, I need you to, Lord. Thank you for hearing. Thank you for answering. Thank you for meeting us here in your name. Amen. Amen. We're going to be looking at Daniel chapter 9 tonight. Daniel chapter 9. Daniel chapter 9. Some awesome, awesome, awesome stuff that is going to all line up, and it all has to deal with, with of course, this week and what's happening here with us. Daniel chapter nine. I like to read uh, verse one through three there. If you read with me, I'm reading out of the King James. King James, that's right, old school. Bring it back, like the old skateboards. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Daniel chapter 9, verses 1 through... I'm sorry, we'll read 1 and 2 first. In the first year of Darius, the son of... I'm sorry, my cards are falling out. Ahasuerus, a seed of Medus, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Okay, what does that mean, Josh? Sounds like a bunch of mumbo-jumbo. Well, what we're looking at is prophecy tonight. Prophecy and uh, things that have happened in the past. And something that will blow your face off and put it back on five times. Not six, five. But here in verse 2, it's speaking about Daniel being, looking at prophecy. It's important for us to be focused on prophecy in this day. Why? Well, there's a couple of reasons why we're about to point out, because you see it in Daniel's life. But Daniel was a man that looked into prophecy. Prophecy, the future, you know, foretelling the future, what's going to happen. Like right now, the end times is what we would call, you know, prophecy updates and things like that. Things that we would see that would um, cause our hearts to be motivated and we'd be stoked. Like Jesus is coming, obviously, is the next uh, thing on the the prophecy calendar or the uh, the end times calendar, if you want to call it that. Jesus, our King, coming back to meet with us in the sky. You know, First Thessalonians, it says that we'll meet with Him, what? In the clouds, that we're going to be caught up. So every day there's clouds out, guess what? I'm thinking, Lord, are you coming? And I love doing that too. I love going outside and looking up at the clouds and saying, there's clouds out today. Are you coming in the clouds today, Lord? If you are, I'm ready. I am ready right now, you know. Maybe one day that is going to happen, and I'm going to walk out of this closet inside. Today, that day, Lord, 
in and say, yeah, get up here. We're going to be out of here, you see. That day is coming. But different things that show that that is coming. Israel becoming a nation, many of you know that, May 14th, 1948, we understand that. That when Israel became a nation, that was a huge thing that kind of showed that that generation would not pass away that would see Israel become a nation. And that happened in May 14th, 1948. And so since then, we know that this generation, who's that generation? Well, it's us, of course. Here we are. We are in the generation. We're going to see the king come back. We see earthquakes. We see pestilences. We see diseases. We see... um, all kinds of famine and all kinds of crazy things, false prophets everywhere. We see these things. Matthew 24 is another passage, if you want to write that down, that shows prophecy for the coming king. Jesus says, the disciples say to him, so when's the end of the earth? When is this happening? Jesus tells them Matthew 24. See, the book of Revelation is full of prophecy. It's the entire end times. It's a revelation of the end times is what's going to happen from chapters 4 all the way till the end of the book. Chapters 2 and 3 are obviously church history, what we are experiencing right now in this time. So, knowing prophecy, understanding prophecy, when you understand prophecy, when you look into prophecy, guess what? Your heart is motivated. You are stirred inside. We are to be constantly looking for the coming and the return of the king. So Daniel, in the same way as we are today, Daniel was in his day, looking up prophecy and studying and searching and seeing when is the Lord coming? Who is he looking for? He was looking for the Messiah also, wasn't he? He was looking for Jesus to come. He was wondering when his Messiah was coming. In the same way, we are wondering what? When our Jesus is coming, you see? Daniel was looking in that day, and we are looking in this day. Daniel here, in chapter 9, do you see what he's saying there? It says, in the first year, in verse 2, Daniel chapter 9, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of years where the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. So, Jeremiah, I mean, Daniel is saying here, guess what book he was studying? He was studying the book of Jeremiah. Okay, we have the book of Jeremiah here. Guess what? Daniel in his day, in his time, was studying the book of Jeremiah, just as we study it today. And so he's looking here, the exact passage that he's studying is Jeremiah chapter 25, verse 12 there. And you see that he's studying, and he sees the prophecy there that is when the coming of the king is going to come. Seventy years, it says, that it will be until the end comes. And we're going to see that here in verse 24 once we get into Daniel chapter 9 as we get further into it. But look at verse 3, what happens. So now that Daniel is studying prophecy, we know that he is. We see that he is in verse 2, right? He's studying Jeremiah, looking at prophecy, okay? You with me here? He's studying Jeremiah, and get look what happens to his heart. Look at verse 3. And I set my face unto the Lord to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love Him and to them that keep His commandments. We have sinned. What's happened to Daniel's heart here? Do you see? Do Do you feel the picture here? Daniel has looked into prophecy. Guess what? He's realized the 70 years or the 70 weeks, what this means. We haven't looked into it yet. What does that mean yet? But what he has pretty much realized is the day that Jesus is coming or the Messiah is coming to see them. What if me and you knew that day? What if me and you understood the day that Christ would come back? We've talked about this a million times. You hear this sermon all the time. What if we knew that at 8... 
16 exactly, the Lord is coming. 816. When this clock goes from 15 to 16, that digital clock hits, guess what? In that minute, we're out of here. Now, what happens to our hearts when we have a realization that the King is coming? What happens to our hearts when we have a realization that our Jesus is going to be with us very soon? That we are going to see Him face to face? All of our friends and family members, they're either going to be left or they're going to be taken. We're going to see Him face to face. I believe our heart starts to cry out in the same way that Jeremiah did. What does he say? He prays. He gives a great confession, it says, or made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping thy covenant with mercy to them that love them. He says in verse 5, We have sinned! This nation, we have sinned! And have committed iniquity, and have done wickedly, and we have rebelled even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments, verse 5. Verse 6, Neither have we hearkened unto the servants, the prophets, we weren't listening to the pastors. We're not listening to the people. We're not listening to what they've been telling us. Now I see the day that you're coming. How many pastors give sermons constantly on prophecy and Jesus coming back and we disregard it daily within our lives? He's repenting. He's, Daniel realized this in his mind. He's studying through Jeremiah. Realized this. Falls on his face. Oh Lord, we've sinned against you. Forgive me. What am I doing? And I hope that the same thing tonight that we would see something amazing with this, within this word right here. And that our hearts would be pricked. And that we would be changed in the same way. That we would see that what Daniel saw here. But then know that the time is soon that our king is also coming. Okay? So, when we start to dive into this, we're going to go to Daniel chapter, I mean Daniel chapter 9, verse 24, if you want to turn there. And it's going to get a little heavy, okay? I want you to raise your hand and ask a question if you are confused. Because we're going to play, there's lots of number games here. It's very difficult to understand. But once you understand it, it's very easy to understand or communicate. Once you have a lock in your mind, you're okay, you're set. But if you don't have a lock in your mind, I'm telling you, if you don't stay with me, you're going to be lost in like two seconds. If you have a pen, try to write down what you can so that you can see what's happening here. If you don't, does, it, does anybody want a pen that doesn't have one? Daniel? Okay, um, uh, yeah. Is there some right there, James? Get a couple pins. So I want you guys to interact with me, okay? I'm, it's almost like I'm going to be a math teacher here, okay? And you're going to be the one like, I don't understand. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we're going to start playing with numbers here. And you're going to start wondering like, I don't get this. I don't know what's happening here. Ah, I'm I don't want to feel dumb. I don't want to... No, just raise your hand. Raise it. Stefan, raise it, man. There you go. I like that. I like that. There you go. Does anybody else need some paper or something to write on? Paper? Vincent? Okay, here you go. Drop that back on paper. Do you need paper also? Is that okay for this one? There's the Lord. Anybody else? Anybody else? Paper? Paper, anybody else? Are we cool? Okay, praise the Lord. Sorry. Sorry, Robert. Come on. Here you go. Sorry. Okay. Okay, so follow with me here. So Daniel has done what? Remember, what we've set a foundation of is Daniel has been studying the book of Jeremiah, just as we have studied it here today. The book of Jeremiah, the book of Daniel, just as we are studying, he is studying also, which is awesome. What he sees, let's read verse 24 of Daniel chapter 24. He starts to explain, oh gosh, I'm sorry. I, 
before I get into this. While, okay, while Daniel's praying here, this is what's happening. He starts praying. Guess what happens? If you look in verse 20 and 21, you see what? While he is praying, let me just read it to you. Okay, we'll just read it together. Go ahead and go to verse 20 and verse 21. Okay, listen to this. And while I was praying, who's I? Daniel. While I was speaking and praying, speaking, and I like that. You see that? He was praying out loud with his mouth, not in his mind, not in his heart, but he was speaking with his mouth. He was staying focused. It's hard sometimes. When I pray in my mind, I lose track of things all the time. I like to pray with my mouth. Praying out loud keeps me focused. While I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people of Israel and presenting supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God. Okay, verse 21 now. Yea, while I was speaking in prayer, okay, while he was in prayer, look what happens. Even the man, Gabriel, who I had seen in the vision at the beginning being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. And he informed me, verse 22, and talked to me and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. Did you see that? Who is it? Daniel comes and what is he doing? He's praying, he's speaking out loud with his mouth to the Lord, to the king. Guess who comes to him? Gabriel, the angel. Wouldn't that be amazing if Gabriel, the angel, came to you while you were praying? All of a sudden, behold, there he was. Uh, you know, a nine-foot angel. You know, he'd just be freaked out. But there he is. Gabriel comes to Daniel, standing there. Guess what? Taps him on the shoulder, it says. And it says, I'm about to give you what? Skill and understanding. And so that is what is happening here. Gabriel, the angel, is giving Daniel understanding. So, verse 24. It says here, Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon... Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, we're going to stop. I just hope we'll... Before we jump in, one more thing to lay down. What Gabriel is telling him is when the Messiah is going to come back. Okay? Daniel, this is like 500 years before the Messiah will come back. Gabriel is telling, can you imagine like right now, if the angel came to you and said, guess what? The Lord is coming back. This time. This is when he's coming. You'd be freaked out. You'd be crazy. So Gabriel right now is telling Daniel when the Lord is going to come back. Or actually when... First of all, when the end of the times are going to happen, when the end of the earth, when the end of the ages are going to come, he tells them all that. When the end is going to be, it's like, hey, the end of the world is going to be at this date, okay? Seventy weeks is what he tells them, and we're going to break that down to help you understand that. Seventy weeks, he tells them, is when it's going to happen, is the end of the world. And then secondly, he tells them also when the Messiah is going to come, okay? So now, let's jump into this. Verse 24, this is what he's telling him. Verse 24, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon the holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sin. He's speaking about the end of the world. And to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision of prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Okay? So he's speaking about this is 70 weeks and 70 weeks, which we're going to break that down. What does 70 weeks mean? In 70 weeks, that is when the end will come. Okay? Number two, verse 25. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem 
unto the Messiah the Prince shall be a certain amount of time, which we're going to look at. The first half of verse 25 here, I know it sounds kind of difficult to understand here in the King James, and I wish I had a different translation I could read from, but... Yeah, maybe that, let me just, what does it say here? So, so I can just read this with you guys. I'm sure it's, it reads something like... Uh, let's see. 25. Now understand this, from the issuing of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one, the ruler comes, there will be, and it gives a time here, okay? So this is what's happening. He's given him a certain amount of time, okay? This is when the Messiah is going to come, at this certain time. But the clock starts, okay? The timer starts on this day. What day is that? The day that King Artaxerxes gives a decree to rebuild Jerusalem. King Art. We'll call him King Art, okay? So we're King Artaxerxes. King Art. The day, the day that King Art starts or says it's okay to go and rebuild Jerusalem, that is the day the time clock starts. From the time it's about, it's like this. If I said, um, okay, Jesus is coming back at 16 minutes. The time I'm going to give, he's actually going to come back in, um, in he's going to come back within a time period. The time period he's going to come back is 16 minutes, okay? 16 minutes is the time I give you, but it starts at 8 o'clock. You understand that? The decree is 8 o'clock, and then the time is 16 minutes. So King Art gives a decree on this day, the day that I give the decree to start rebuilding Jerusalem is the day the time clock starts. And then what is the next thing there? You see that? He starts to give a number. Seven weeks and three score and two weeks. Okay, he gives a number there. Now, I'll break it down for the King James. I think it's probably already made up for you guys already there. But seven weeks plus three score. Three score, the word there in the King James, is 60. 60. And then, and then it adds on and two weeks. So seven weeks, three score and two weeks. Or seven weeks and 62 weeks. Wait, wait, wait. Just stay with me. Stay with me. The total here, what it probably read in your Bible, is 69 weeks, okay? 69 weeks if it hasn't added it up. If it has, if it hasn't, praise the Lord, it's okay. That's what it's meaning right here is 62 weeks. So the time, remember, 16 minutes, like I'm telling you. Stay with me. Stay with me. 62 weeks is, would be the time... I'm sorry, 69 weeks. I'm sorry. 69 weeks would be the time 16 minutes. Do you understand that? If I say the decree is at 8 o'clock, then 16 minutes from the decree, that's when Jesus is coming back, and that means 8.16, right? 8.16. Okay, or if I said a half hour from the decree at 8 o'clock, that would mean 8.30, Jesus is coming back. Do you understand that? Okay, so the decree is when? When King Art says what? It's okay to build, rebuild Jerusalem. That's when it starts. Time clock? How long is the time clock going to go for? 69 weeks. Okay? 69 weeks is the time. You with me, Robert? Okay, ma'am. Josh? Yes, sir? Is this like, is this like he's talking about 69 weeks he's going to return? Or is it talking about like, uh, like today, like when the temple is supposed to be like rebuilt with no, 69 weeks when the Messiah comes into Jerusalem, okay? When Jesus, not, not in this modern day, not now times, but we're talking about back in um, 32 AD, okay? Back when Jesus came into Jerusalem, which was what? Palm Sunday, right? Palm Sunday. And so what's happening here is we're giving a timeline for when Jesus is going to come in. So this is what's happening here. You've got 69 weeks is the time. 
Now we need to break down the time, 69 weeks. What does that mean? Well, oh, okay, I'm sorry. First of all, the day, the day, write this down, the day that King Art Xerxes, King Art, the day King Art said, it's time to rebuild the temple, was March 14, 445 B.C. March 14, 445 B.C., okay? So that is what? Remember, that's our 8 o'clock, right? That's our 8 o'clock. That's when the time clock starts. March 14, 445 B.C., okay? Time clock starts. Now, how, how long is that time clock going to go for? It's going to go for 69 weeks. And then the Messiah is coming, okay? So check this out. This is nuts. This is nuts. I'm telling you, when you see this, you're going to get your face ripped off five times, not six. Five times. Check this out. Okay. So, when does the time clock start? 4.40 B.C. How long is the time clock for? 69 weeks. You're with me. I like that. I like that. Who, who's the one who says the decree for the time clock to start? King Art. King Art. King Art Jersey's the man. Okay. So, 69 weeks. How do we break down this time? How do we see how much time that really is? Is it actually 69 weeks? Like, this, what is it, 52 weeks in a year, right? Is it 69, like a year and uh, you know, a half there? Is it, is it a year and a quarter? No, no, that's not, that's not it. This is what it is. The amount of weeks given till the coming of the Messiah, Jesus our King, is 69 weeks. What does this mean? Well, the word weeks, the word weeks there is the word Shavua, which means, this is the Hebrew for it, which means this, Seven days, or seven years, okay? We're gonna, it's translate, obviously a week is seven days, but the translation here is seven years, okay? So the word weeks is seven years. Now you're saying, that doesn't make any sense, Josh. I know, hold on. Seven years is, is okay, so how do I say it? 69 weeks, 69 weeks, so here's 69 weeks, right? Here's 69 is the Black Bible. Weeks is my hand. 69 seven-year periods. You see that? Weeks stands for what? Remember? Not seven days, but seven years. So 69 seven-year periods. You understand that? 69 seven-year periods. That is what this passage is saying. Six, where do we get that from? You go back to quick note. Genesis, Genesis chapter 29. You remember the story of Jacob and Rachel? Remember, remember he waits for her for seven years. And then he has to wait for her for a second seven years. because. And remember... Because you loved her so much, it seemed as if a couple of days or whatever, because you waited for her for so long. It's awesome. Anyway, it's a great love story. You can check it out. Genesis chapter 29. But, so, we get this back from Laban, all the way back in Genesis chapter 29. The second, re- or the second reason here is obviously the word, weeks, means seven years. And thirdly, if you check down a, a minor note here, in verse 27, just write this down. In verse 27, we see the 70th week. You don't know what that means yet, but you will. You see one week equaling the tribulation period, which is in Revelation, and that is a seven-year period. Okay, Do you, does everybody know what the tribulation is? Tribulation period in the end time. Tribulation period is what? That's after the rapture, that's right. The, rapture, the next thing on the calendar right now is, what are we waiting for? We're waiting for our king to come and pick us up. That's the rapture. As soon as the rapture comes and happens, guess what? Seven years. That's a tribulation period, okay? 
That is the 70th week. You see, remember, we talked about 70 weeks in the beginning. Remember, Black Bible, 69 weeks, 69 seven-year seven periods. Okay? And what's the 70th? That's tribulation. That is the end times. That is the tribulation. Okay? So stay with me. Maybe you don't understand that right there at this moment, but you will. Hold on. So I guess that you understand now that 69 weeks doesn't really mean 69 weeks like a year and a quarter or whatever it is, or a year and a half. It, what it really means is 69 seven-year periods. So now we can add that together, right? So this is where we get one week equaling seven years. So if, so if it's 69 weeks until the Messiah comes, then 69 weeks means 69 seven-year periods. What does that equal? 483 years. Okay? Right? You guys with me? Stay with me. 69? Stefan, what's up, man? Um, Where'd I lose you? Like, the decree was given in 445. B.C. B.C. and... After March 14th. 14th. Yeah. March 14th, go ahead. After death was zero, so how can it be 482? It was 3280. 32 A.D. is, is well, you, you'll see, you'll see. Just stay with me, just stay with me, okay? You'll see. It equals 483 years. 483 years, right? 69, what? 69 weeks times 7, 7 year period. So you take 69 times 7, times seven, a 7 year period and you get what? 483 together. Sorry. I'm <laughs> so, so I just want to make sure you guys understand. Are we, are we locked in? Yes. You're ready to go. Amen. Okay. So what we have here is we have 483 years. So the exact year is what? 483 years till when the Messiah comes, right? Okay, so we got from March 14th, 445 B.C., 483 years, the Messiah will come in exactly in that year, okay? But check this out. Instead of breaking it down into years, let's break it down into days. The exact amount of days to the exact day that Jesus will come back as the Messiah. Not to us, but back in their time, okay? Let's check this out. And this is what Daniel's doing. This is why his heart was overwhelmed because he saw this. So if we want to break it down into days, remember we got 483 years. We take the 483 years and we multiply it by the calendar Daniel was using in that day. What calendar was that? The Babylonian calendar, okay? There's in their calendar. There's only 360 days in a year. Okay, 360 days in a year. In their calendar, 360 days in a year. So, how do we break 483 years into days? We take that and multiply 483 years times 360 days. Why 360? So 360 days in a year because that is a different calendar from ours. We don't use 365 because they weren't using that calendar in that day. Understand that? Mm -hmm. So we take 360 and multiply that by 483 and what do we get? We get 1,000, I mean 173,880 days. 880 days. Okay? So what we are trying to calculate here, Robert, we're trying to calculate how many days exactly it was from March 14th until when the Messiah was supposed to come back. And so... Daniel is trying to, calculate, trying to figure this out when back in Jeremiah when he's looking at these 70 weeks supposedly 
and to see when the king is coming. And Gabriel shows him this vision. The angel, remember, comes to him, shows him this vision, says he's coming in seventy. I mean, he's coming in sixty-nine weeks. The seventieth week is the end of the world, pretty much. And so, the sixty-nine weeks is when the Messiah will come back. So we have not. We have done what now? We've taken sixty-nine weeks. Sixty-nine weeks equals sixty-nine seven-year periods. We've added, the, we've added those together. We've got 483 years total. We've taken 483 years and broken it down into days to the exact day that the Messiah will come back. And guess what? If you take March 14th, 445, which is what day? The day King Art gave the decree, gave the decree right? To rebuild. That's when what? The time clock starts, right? It starts ticking down. And so guess what? We count days from March 14th, 445 B.C. We count how many days? 173,880 days, right? We start counting one day at a time, one day at a time. But guess what day we get to? We get to April 6, 32 A.D. April 6, write that down, 32 A.D. When we count from March 14th, 445 B.C., and we count 173,880 days, we count one day at a time, on the calendar, the Jewish calendar, right? We get it all the way down. We count those days. Guess what we get to? April 6, 32 A.D., which, guess what? Was the exact day that Jesus rode in on a donkey. The exact. The exact day that Jesus rode in on a donkey. Impossible! Impossible! We are given the exact day from March 14th, and you can do the work yourself if you want, you can do the calculations. From March 14th, 445 B.C., we are given 173,880 days. If we count that down, we get to April 6, 32 A.D., which is documented as the exact day that Jesus rode in on a donkey into Jerusalem. Palm Sunday, which we just had, remember? Palm Sunday, Hosanna, Hosanna. They're waving to Him, just as Daniel had seen in that day. Truly amazing. Truly amazing. This is impossible, my friend. How can the Bible be this accurate? How can the Bible come together so perfect? That does not make sense. Jesus rode in on a donkey on that day. We just celebrated that on Sunday, didn't we? Our King riding in. The Creator, listen, the Creator of the entire universe rides in on a donkey. The day God rode a donkey. The day our King, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, rode on a donkey. That doesn't make any sense. Why would He do that? We have a great King, don't we? The King of kings who could have rode in in like a, a beamer on 22, just like, what? <laughs> But he didn't, did he? He didn't have a fancy chariot. He didn't have a nice white steed. He rode in on the most disgusting, idiotic creatures of all animals, a donkey, a mule. You know the other word they use for it? I'm not going to say it. That's what he rode in on. You know what's on the back of every single donkey? Check it. There's a cross on the back of every single donkey on the face here. Did you know that? That's right. You can go and look on any donkey, and it starts right here at the top of its head, goes all the way down to its butt, and the most awkward thing you'd ever see 
Guess what? It comes halfway down its shoulder right here. I'm dead serious. A black line comes down its shoulder right here. There's a cross on the back of every single donkey on the face of the earth. Amazing. It's the king. It's our Jesus. When the Lord was crafting that donkey and putting him into place, I was just like, yep, this is what I'm going to write in on. This is the one. Why, Lord? I wonder how many amazing things are hidden like that. You know, I was just listening the other day on the radio. I was sharing with Robert. It's amazing. Check this out. You know the swallows of San Juan Capistrano? The swallows of San Juan Capistrano, guess what? They fly from, I don't know, somewhere up north down to San Juan Capistrano and back, okay? But guess what? The day it's time to leave, they fly, I can't remember the date. I was going to look it up online for you guys. Gosh, I'm bummed. March. March? In March, the exact day, every single year, not changing, guess what? They fly all the way down to San Juan Every single year, the exact day to a T, they don't miss it. They don't miss it by a day. And guess what? They fly back on the exact day. Back to where they're from. And guess what? Check this out. Even on leap year, they fly on that exact day. They don't miss a beat. They don't miss that day somehow. How do they do that? I thought you lose a couple days in leap year. How do they figure out the calendar? What is going on here? Do we have a king? His name is Jesus, Jesus. Sad hearts weep no more. He's healed the brokenhearted, opened wide the prison doors, and he is able to deliver evermore. That's our king. That's our Jesus. Rode in on a donkey with a stripe on his back. The cross. I wonder when the Lord mounted that donkey, he looked down and he said, I'm ready. They're exalting me, Hosanna. And they're going to pin me to a cross in a couple of days. And I think right now it's time to take communion because that's what we're going to think about this right now for this moment. James, could you just pass it around real quick? Our Jesus, our King, our Lord, our Savior, guess what He did for us, friends? He rode in on a donkey of all animals, let humans pin Him to a cross, the Creator of the entire universe. Can you imagine that? The Creator of the entire universe. It's like... I don't know. It's like Andre the Giant pretty much letting any man just whoop on him or something. I don't know. How do you compare him? You can't compare any man to the king. It's Jesus. It's our Lord. But he... has given his life for us. God took it upon himself to become a man and die for us. To save us. He threw out the raft for us. Guess what? We're about to celebrate that this week. This is, we're not coming to a funeral service. We're not coming to remember that, like, like Grandma, when Grandma died, that's, that's, that's not what we remember the death for. We don't come together to remember, like, a funeral service. We don't come together to mourn and weep and be weary. It's great. We need to have reference for the Lord. We need to have an honest of Him. You know, what He's done for us, that He was beaten, that He was striped, that He was bloodied. 
that he was messed up. Remember, if I took a man here and crucified him right before your face, you'd be disgusted. And, and you'd probably weep and mourn because you saw that. And that's a heavy thing to see, and that's a heavy thing to know that God did that for me. Just the beating, looking at it. And I used to ask the question, why did, crucifi- why did it have to be crucifixion? Why? Why didn't, why didn't Jesus get hung? Why didn't he get like buried up to his neck in dirt and then ants poured on him or something? Why didn't he get tortured, you know, with like a, a drop dripping on his head or something? Or why didn't he get his, you know, his, his, you know, I don't know, you know, just all kinds of crazy options that could happen? Why was that the choice of death? You think about it, God, who knows every single way of death, and He chooses to die this way. Why? I believe he picked the most radical, the most crazy, the most disgusting, the most brutal beating, the most torturous, unbelievable pain that you could ever experience on this earth, and he took that one. I think, number one, to show us the joy that was set before him while he did it. But more than that, to try to show an outward appearance of what was happening on the inside, the sin. Can we see the sin being nailed to the cross? Can we see the sin being put on? No. But to show us what our sin looks like, to show us what happens to you when you sin, you crucify yourself. That's right. When me and you sin, why does God tell us no? Because He doesn't want us to crucify ourselves. Jesus has already been crucified so that we don't have to anymore. If we want to, we can cut ourselves up and slash ourselves and pin ourselves to the cross, nail ourselves, get depressed and bummed out and down and feel the heaviness of life, or we can say, our Jesus took that, and I'm okay. And I don't need all that stuff in the world. That was nailed to the cross. But to show us how heavy and how amazing that is, do you understand? Are you with me? And so our Lord, our Jesus, has died for us, He set us free, friend. You know that you had handcuffs on you one time. Now you don't. Do you know that one time you had no one to go to? And your big and heavy problems you would have to deal by yourself. Maybe see if your friends can help you or maybe alcohol or a cool party can help you but we have our Jesus to help us. We have our King to pull through for us. And there's nothing better, friend. Right? I know you guys understand. I know you know because you've experienced yourself. But this is not to mourn and weep. Not to come to a funeral. But to celebrate. We get to go to heaven for free. It's just like here, you want heaven? Yeah. Okay, you're going. Want to go to Hawaii? Yeah. 500 bucks. (laughs) The Lord has given it to us for free. He paid all of it. Somebody paid for your trip to Italy, round trip, everything, expenses paid. Oh, man, I love it. 
Jesus has given us the greatest round trip of all time, huh? Heaven for free. How about this? You're going wrong somebody. Maybe you go and kill their son or their daughter. A man, a couple parents, right? You go and kill one of their kids and guess what? They come and say, hey, here's a round trip to Italy for free. Everything you want, just take it. Now that doesn't make sense. But that's what our Jesus has done for us. That's what me and you have done. And I can't believe that and that's it. I will exalt him. I will praise his name. I have not forgotten you, Lord. You're awesome. And so that's what I want to do with you guys. That's what this is about, okay? That's what this week is about. James, you my man, that's what this is about. That we not forget what the Lord has done for us. Does that cause motivation in your heart? Like, that's it. That's it. I'm going to bless your socks out, King. You're not stopping me either. Don't even try it. That's what I want to do. And that's what this is for. And so let's do that. Let's partake together, huh? Oh, man. James, you want, you want to pray for the bread? Dude, Lord, I thank you for this night, guys. Just thank you for your time on the cross for us, guys. Give us thank you, Lord. Heaven, guys. So give us that, Lord. Heaven, with everything you've given to us in our lives, we just bless you. It's powerful, Lord. Every single need that we have, God, I pray. God, that you would just... Restore our joy in you, God. Amen, Lord. That we won't be down about this this week, Lord. That, mm-hmm. that you died on the cross, Lord. That we remember that, that you rose again, God. That you're alive. Amen. God, that, God. Just remember that. And that would be our joy. That would be our reason for living, God. I pray that you just, uh, just bless this week, Lord. Bless mm-hmm. this week again, Lord. That, that we have Easter coming up. And Daniel, want to lift up our juice for us, man? God, we just come for you right now again. And we thank you for uh, just hanging on the cross. Thank you, Lord. It's so painful, and it was just all our sin on you. We thank you for forgiving us for that sin mm-hmm. and dying for us. I again ask that you would just um, praise that that you hung on the cross for us and that you um, you saved us from from dying where we can live again and we can be reborn and mm-hmm. we can go to heaven someday. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. I just um, want to pray that this this Easter that we remember you the way you really did mm-hmm. that we wouldn't be bummed out and we would just um, praise your name, God. I thank you so much for all that you've done. So Amen. Let's pray. We have not forgotten you, O King. We've not forgotten our first love. We've gotten it back to it today. Isn't that awesome? There's nothing better. Nothing better in life. Remembering what our Jesus has done for us. But more than that, my friends, guess what? As Jesus came in on a donkey on that day, you know what he's coming back on? A white horse. The baddest white horse you've ever seen in your life. And I'm riding next to him. Don't even think about it. That's right. And I'm stoked and I'm excited. And that day is coming soon, friend. It's sooner than you... It's sooner than you know, I'm telling you. 
We talk about it all the time. We see it. We see it in the news. We see it happening today. Crazy. Why is the whole world focused nonstop on a place that's the size of San Bernardino? Israel. The whole entire world is looking and watching them. The European Union and the way it's coming together and taking over. Don't you understand that America's economy is we're dropping just rapidly? We're losing. Europe is going to take over soon. My friends, we don't have much time. Not to put a scare in your heart, but I hope your heart is filled with joy. They have a great opportunity to be able to live for the king. It's easy. It's fun. It's wonderful. Sharing the love of Jesus. Blessing people. Go give all your money away. Take your jacket off and say, this is for you, pal. Let me buy you lunch. Let me minister to your heart. Let me pray for you. Is there anything I can pray for you? Lord, bless you. There's been, never been a day like today. Never. Sir, we're closer than we've ever been. And I don't know how far away we are. But I know it's soon.